Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode 31 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. I'm Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Hey, man, we hope you are really liking this format change. I know that I am. I think Drew is as well. And uh, the fact that we've chunked it down into these small 30-minute pieces for you, and they're coming out one every week. Hoping that you're loving that. Send us some feedback. Let us know if you like it, if you don't like it, if it's too long, if it's too short. Send us something so we know that we're providing some value to you because we know your schedules are super busy. Drew, what do you think? Is the new format working out? I mean, I'm digging it because we get to kind of dive in on a couple things we didn't before. And it just makes it easier for our listeners to pick up on what we're putting down for this episode. I love it. Hey, with that, let's uh, let's dive into some Liam Neeson. I do have are a very particular set of skills skills I've acquired over a very long career. So as anybody that's listened to any one of the previous 30 episodes know, this is my favorite segment. Uh, I love the fact that we we dive into things that we've seen out and about and taken from the stores. What I've taken and what we're going to use here in episode 31 is I was in a store working with a general manager one-on-one and it became really apparent to me that the need to be completely aware of everything that's going on in the store is so important. And kind of how I came upon this epiphany that I've probably had 10,000 times in the last 40 years is that the manager in charge had done a position chart, which I'm a huge fan of. And this particular leader had put themselves in the position of dough stretcher, which I'm not a huge fan of. I used to be a huge fan of the leader being the dough stretcher because we pushed the speed and there just wasn't a whole lot going on inside the stores and push, 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 get the ovens, get the pizzas in the oven, get them out out of the oven and push, 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 push. But as I get more and more trips around the sun, the more and more I believe that the worst possible place for the leader of the team is to be at the dough table because you're typically looking at a wall and you're typically highly focused on what's going on on that order screen or you're going to stretch the wrong pizza or you're going to put barbecue sauce on a regular sauce pizza, or more likely you're going to put regular sauce on a barbecue sauce pizza and and probably do it three times if you're anything like me. We've got to be in a place where you can see what's going on. And I think the thing that is somewhat of a double-edged sword, we're doing so many sales today that you're busy all the time, and that can kind of be a downer sometimes. But the upside to all of this business is that I truly think our general managers have an opportunity that I never had as a general manager. And that's the opportunity to be a general manager, to not be confined to a position in the circle of ops. And when I was with this particular leader and we did the shift sheet for the, or did the position chart for the next night, I said, Hey, listen, I don't want you to put yourself on the position chart. I want you to be a floater. And 
if somebody needs cheese, you need to go get the cheese. And honestly, if you want to be a great leader, you need to see they need cheese before they need cheese so that you are right there when they need it so that nothing slows down. And we tried that and it went, it went really, really well. And what, you know, back to my original taken, the awareness piece is if you're going to be a floater, if you're going to be that extra person, if you're going to manage the store, then for goodness sake, you got to manage the store and you've got to be aware of everything. There was a point in the shift where we had somebody on the window, the drive through window, and there was nobody at the window and they're just kind of sitting there. And 15 minutes later, we needed something prepped. And I'm like, you know, if you'd have been aware, we could have had this prepped 15 minutes ago. Obviously, I could uh, go all Led Zeppelin on you and just ramble on forever. But um, what do you think, man? Where, where are you at with this? I, I'm right there with you. So let's go in the Wayback Machine. There was a time in 90, 1998, 99, where I was a GM of a store. And I led the nation in sales increase because when I took it over, it was a juggernaut. It had been open for 10 years and its record sales week was 6,100 bucks. Wow. That's a bad Friday today. I took it over. It was doing 3,800 a week. And I'm telling you this, not, not because I want you to understand, but because I'm trying to get you from where we were, where we should be. Because when you're doing $3,800 a week and you're not open for lunch, you're the only manager of the store. You're the only person inside the store, except for maybe four hours a week. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the only team member. <laughs> Correct. I, I think I had uh, an insider Fridays and Saturdays just because I was a high carryout store. I was the last store in, of the franchise and it was just green space for miles. So my carryout was enormous Fridays and Saturdays, but I didn't need anybody else. So there was nothing to manage. All I needed to do was make sure that I was where I needed to be. And the customers told me that because there were so few of them. <laughs> Fast forward to today, where what I was doing in a week, some of you are doing in an hour and you need to actually manage the store. It's what makes this job so difficult for outsiders to come in because we look at them and go, that's right. I know you know how to manage people. I've seen on your resume, you have 10 years of managing people, but you don't know how to make a pizza. Therefore, you're going to be useless to us in management. Just say it out loud. It's kind of silly. It's totally silly. To grow, to take that next step. Uh, I think Shane Casey says it, right? They're restaurant managers, right? Restaurant managers. And if you go into a restaurant, you'll never see the manager locked in a spot. Correct. They might be standing over the hostess's shoulder. They might be standing over a waiter's shoulder. They might be pushing on the line cooks, but they're rolling through the whole place and the only reason they're locked in somewhere from your perception is because that's the bottleneck. Yeah. You know, I love how you jumped into that restaurant manager piece. I was with this, this leader where I was with him for four days. And I said to the franchisee, I said, Hey, we're going to take a field trip today. And the franchisee's like, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to take the manager on a field trip. And so we went to, uh, we went to the local Applebee's and I said, to the guy I was working with, I said, I want you to point out to me who the manager is. And he was able to do it instantaneously by the way this person carried themselves and by the way they greeted every single customer. And now I said, what do you think their position is today? And he said, it looks like she's just kind of running around to wherever is needed and supporting her team. And I said, bingo, that's exactly right. So 
you know, supervisors, franchisees, I give you, um, I give you a little, little freebie here. If you're having a problem with your general manager not being a general manager and continuing to lock themselves into a position, take them on a field trip. Take them to your local sit-down restaurant and ask them, who's the manager of this place? I want you to just watch and observe and tell me who the manager is and then see what they're doing. And no matter how the managers are doing at that restaurant, you can use it as a teaching moment. If they're doing the right thing and they're not grilled or they're not stuck to a position, you can point that out. If they are, then probably the restaurant is not running very well. And you can point that out as well. So you can use it as a teaching moment. And, in, and, I, and I would take as many field trips as it takes to get you to a point where you see a manager doing what we say managers should do. And that's manage. I love taking existing teams. So like my, my consultant piece is, is high per um, uh, human performance improvement. I want almost said high performance because that's decades of that when you and I are talking of high performance GM, whatever, right. Um, human performance improvement. And the idea is that you, you find what the best in something are doing. You find what the average are doing. You find what the gap is and show the average what the gap is and help them become better. And that's what that field trip does, right? It takes them away from the, the grind and it lets them step outside and step out. It's like um, in coach, we talk about the football analogy and the football head coach is down the field, but they've got a headset on. And they're talking to the person up in the booth because up in the booth, you see the whole field and where everybody's moving, but down on the field, on the sideline, all I can see is the first person in front of me. And when they're six, eight, three fifty offensive tackle, they block the rest of the field. So that awareness piece, stepping back, stepping out and seeing it. And then, and then to your point being, having, having the GM identify the person, identify what they do. It's, it's reinforcing for that GM. Oh, wow. It's, it's what I could do too. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the more you and I talk about the observation piece of what you and I do, the more I think we've got to make sure that our above store leaders are doing that observation piece as well and pulling their general managers out of the fray and letting them observe. I mean, it's just amazing to me every single time I'm in a restaurant. And you just stand and watch for five or 10 minutes, the things you see. For me, this consulting gig is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm just so grateful that I've got people that are willing to pay for what I've got to offer. But even after doing it for, I gosh, I guess I'm going on six years or so, the scariest visits for me are the ones where the client will say, just come in and see what you see and then tell me. And I'm like, ah, because you know I've got no curriculum. I've got no agenda. It's just, okay, go in and see what I see. And I'm always afraid, well, what if I don't see something? But that never happens. There's always something that can take them from where they are to take them to the next level as you were and make them wait for it better than yesterday. There's always something. And I think we are doing a huge disservice to our general managers, especially the younger leaders, if we never pull them out of the fray and let them watch their operation. If they watch it from a distance, they're going to see things that they never saw before. And I love that, you know, if I'm a six foot eight, 300 pound guard, all I see is a guy in front of me and I'm going to block. 
And if I am a general manager and I've put myself within the position of, of operations at the dough table, the only thing I'm going to see is dough. And we've just got to get our blinders off if we want to run a great restaurant. I think there's just such an opportunity to do that. The scariest thing is when they say, just go watch. And, and you and I have it as scary items for a different reason. It's scary to me because I have to have a hard conversation with a franchisee. And most of the franchisees we deal with are type A personalities, right? They're leaders because they've been leaders for such a long time. And my conversations usually go, I understand you told me your process is A, B, C. What I saw was Q, K, and M, and in that order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that to me is a harder conversation because the leader has to go, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Right. And I say this in this context because it's the same thing for that GM with their, with their face at the wall. Everything's going on behind them and they don't know what's going on, but they're cool and comfortable and happy in their little bubble yeah. on that table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're keeping up and load times are good. They don't see that the driver yeah. just left wearing a pink jacket. Or that the carryout that just came in, the person at the counter didn't say hi, goodbye, thank you, kiss my rear end or anything. So they're like, pizzas are getting made and load times are great. Life is good. Mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, I had the opportunity to do some stuff with the Honey Badgers in, in Minnesota. And part of what we did, we rolled out, well, we actually rolled out um, Load and Go. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to set up three cameras and I want uh, Dave and Justin and the supervisor and I to stand in the customer area for an hour. So I had cameras rolling for an hour. We stood there for an hour and I, I kid you not, five minutes into it, you got the typical reactions that you would get. Oh my gosh, look, there's a bottleneck there. There's a bottleneck there. We got to fix this. We got to fix that. And I said, we got to let it go. We got to see if it, if it keeps happening over and over and over again. And, it, and, and then we can, make, we can make changes to the process. And the following morning, we broke down the tape. We broke down all of our notes. And the next night, I, I mean, they did exponentially better with load and go. And I would attribute the exponential growth the following night to the commitment that all the above store leaders made to the observation. Because without the observation, there's no realization that there are continuing problems. And, you know, there's going to be, if you've got a great process, occasionally there's going to be a breakdown in the process and maybe it's a one-time thing. I mean, if you've got the greatest quarterback in the world, occasionally they're going to throw an interception. Does that mean we never pass the ball again? Of course it doesn't. But if he throws three interceptions in six attempts, we probably ought to take a look at what's going on and, and change it. So when you observe, I will caution you if you're going to observe and please do observe is don't look at the first roadblock you come up and say, okay, let's go in there and fix it. You got to get more data so you can see if there are recurring roadblocks and there are problems with the process, or if it's just the team getting used to the process. And once they work through it, like, okay, 10 minutes ago, that was a problem. And now they've worked their way through it. 
give the team an opportunity to work their way through it and the processes that they can't work their way through, that's where you jump in as a leader and you start to collaborate with the team and you come up with better processes. So the quote I hear you saying is without observation, there is only assumption, not realization. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And I saw you Googling to come up with that one. Who, who do we attribute that quote to? No, I wasn't Googling. I was typing it in. Um, oh, I, nice. I, I'll Google it after the podcast, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a flyer that that one isn't out there. Wow. All right. So say it one more time. Cause that was really good. If it's yours, I want to make sure you get credit. Oh, if it's mine, I'm totally taking credit without observation. There is only assumption, not realization. I love that. That's and you know, I think we're stuck in that whole assumption thing. And you know, if you don't know what it means to assume, Google Tony Randall and the assume method, and uh, we'll we'll let Tony do that. I'm going to try to keep the airwaves PG today, but yeah, I mean that that observation is so important, and it's just every time I go into a store, obviously I'm observing because that's what I get paid to do. What we do, yep, yep. But when it comes to this notion of being aware as a general manager, you've got to be aware. And, you know, Drew, I know you led the OER team and I was an evaluator for six years. I can't turn that off. I go into a store and that just, it clicks on. General managers that want to run a five-star operation and give their customers the very best experiences possible have got to get that always on type of mentality and always be looking at things. They can't walk by dough on the dough table that's uncovered and not do some coaching. They can't walk by a pizza coming out of the oven that doesn't meet rim size portion placement bake and not do some coaching. If they can't walk by anything and not do some coaching, if they want to run a great operation. So along those lines, we've only got a couple minutes left of this podcast. So I want to get into what my taken was, and it's going to actually fit in with your taken. I want to apologize to all of my clients for the last two years. All of them. Yep. Every single one. You've got my attention. So I have my thing, the better than yesterday visit system for the multi-unit manager, right? So it's it's a it's designed for the supervisor to help the supervisor be better. Sam, you went through the class. There's the snapshot that you do when you enter the store. And do you remember what the first purpose was? You know, I'd have to look back at my notes, but I think it was observation. It's been over a year. It, it is very good. Very good. It was observe observation. Yep. So the apology I have is here I am going, this is for multi-unit managers when the actual statement should be that this is for all your leaders and that there's not a reason for what I call the visit system to be your leader system, that your managers pick what they're going to do that day. Your shift leaders pick what they're going to do that day and they observe a process and they talk it through with the rest of the management team. And then somebody else is coaching or training. And then somebody else is evaluating. And you can start to take the whole process down all the way into your management team. What if we took it even further? I mean, think about the book we did a few weeks back or a few months back now. Uh, John U. Bacon, Let Them Lead. And in there, he said, you know, on bad teams, nobody leads. On good teams, the coaches lead. And on great teams, everybody leads. What if all your team members felt empowered to come in and observe and self-police, for lack of a better word, each other 
And then you didn't have to start worrying about the micromanagement of the little things. It goes back to what Corey said yeah. too, right? Yeah. Right. Like Corey's, Corey's culture isn't that the drivers run. Corey's culture is that they empower the team to figure out what they need to do to be better. And somebody looked around and said, oh, we should run. If we run, we'll take more deliveries and we need fewer yeah. drivers. And when a driver says that, then the drivers right. will do it. When the franchisee says drivers run, the drivers are like, screw off. I'll go work for Lyft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the empowerment of the team is so important. And, you, you know, your better than yesterday visit system is just really, really good stuff, folks. If you've got multi-unit supervisors and you need to get them some learning, I highly suggest that. But I like that. We should take that better than yesterday visit system and take it down to the general managers, the assistant managers, and also encourage them to do it with their teams. I, I think we're onto something here. It's not that hard to adjust it. And I've already been for the last year telling folks, hey, supervisor, as you learn how to do that snapshot, give it two weeks, make sure you're locked in and now teach your team so that instead of you, supervisor, being the only person that is checking expirations and checking temps and and checking for safety issues, your team is doing it. And now you're verifying that your team is doing it. And it changes the thought process then. And, and, and so that's, that's my take and Sam, I want to apologize to my clients because I should have recognized that literally two years ago, that this is a management system or a leader system. I kind of like leader system better. I'll make those adjustments starting today. Yeah. I think that's, that's the adjustments that, you know, not only you and I should make, but our, our friends out there in the franchise community and the supervisor community and the director of operations community should be all making is that everything we're teaching, we should be teaching to everyone so that the whole team is operating at the highest possible level. And the other thing that I think is going to happen is you're going to start to get this organic growth of people that want to get into leadership because you've allowed them to lead from the beginning. So as John U. Bacon says, let them lead. Well, it's so much easier for them to manage if they've been doing the leadership part as an hourly team member. Right. It's so much more difficult for them to manage if they haven't had to even manage themselves, much less other people. Well, on the other side of the coin is the team is much easier to lead if they're used to being led by everyone. Correct. It doesn't fall to just one person. Yeah. And it, it turns less about you're doing this wrong. You've got to do it right. And it turns more into, hey, you know, we've got a better process for this and we'll all, we'll all be better. The customers will be better. We'll make more tips. We'll sell more pizza. We'll have more fun. Yada, 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 yada. It's just amazing. Uh, what a little go-to. Wow. Taken has now become my favorite by far. This was, this was good stuff today. I don't, I don't even know what we do with that. Cause it's, it's been like seven months of us going, uh, Sam's favorite segment, Taken. Sam's favorite segment, Taken. And now once a month, Dear listener, you will hear Sam's favorite episode taken. So good luck to you. Stand strong, power through. Well, and the reason, you, you know, <laughs> listeners, you can't see Drew's face. He's, um, he's making fun of me right now, but I'm okay with that. I always say, I don't care if you're laughing at me or laughing with me. If you're laughing, I know you were listening. But the reason that taken is my favorite segment that we do is because I think it gives you and I the opportunity to learn from the people that we have been put in front of to help develop. So that's why I like it so much because much like Corey said, the very best leaders are lifelong learners. 
And even though you and I are paid to develop and teach, the reason I love Taken so much is it allows me to continue to be a lifelong learner. So, so take that, Mr. Helmholtz. I will happily take that, Sam. The, the <laughs> mocking for the Sam's favorite segment, I will, I will take that all day long. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, I think that uh, wraps this one up. We are going to land this plane. Drew, shut your mouth. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the format change. Tune in next week for episode 32, when Sam and I will talk to another influencer. It's an interview you won't want to miss. Hey, we'd love it if you'd share these episodes with your friends, like them, follow us, and subscribe. This has been... Episode number 31 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. As always, go out and sell more pizzas. And have more fun. That's all, folks.